and Finance, the podcast that helps you understand the transformative developments taking place in the world today. In the midst of this crisis, we are mostly uh, working from home, uh, many of us. Uh, at the same time, the internet economy is in full force, uh, supporting a whole range of activities around the world. I thought that I should take time out to speak uh, with uh, Shen Jianguang, the chief economist of uh, JD Digits. Uh, JD, as a internet platform, uh, serves uh, something like 400 million customers, uh, 8 million small businesses, 700 financial institutions, um, and, and so on, cities, governments uh, in China, uh, and has become a bellwether, as it were, to detect um, how well the new infrastructure, the new platforms uh, that have been created to absorb uh, the challenges that the current pandemic is uh, causing us um, has given opportunities uh, for businesses like JD uh, to shine and to become part of the new economy. At the same time, uh, we want to take this opportunity to understand a little bit better about what makes a JD work uh, and uh, what makes uh, other models not work as well as a JD. Uh, I'm in Singapore and uh, Shen Jianguang is, uh, is now in Hong Kong. Thank you very much for joining us from Hong Kong. Right, and uh, to give us a sense of JD, uh, the the mandate that you've given yourself in this crisis, um, the report card, as you were, uh, that you give yourself in terms of how you perform or how you're performing, uh, and the opportunities that are being created. Um, you had JD digits. Uh, how does that fit into the overall organization? Yeah, I'm at the head of JD Digits Research Institute and also I'm the chief economist for JD. And uh, so actually, uh, to be frank with you, I, I think I'm the only uh, chief economist in the, the big tech company. I'm also the first chief economist. <laughs> uh, I used to work for, in, uh, for example, investment banks, uh, like uh, international institutions like IMF, uh, European Central Bank. So yes. uh, for me, it's very, very uh, fascinating to join a big tech company and, and also has witnessed, have witnessed the, the spectacular growth last few years. Um, what are you spending most of your time on? And what are the maybe two or three top line topics mm. in your, at the top of your mind at the moment? Okay. Yeah, I think uh, what I can do, you know, in a big tech company is uh, not only I use my, you know, traditional way of doing economic analysis, but now I have uh, a big data, right? And also an arm of uh, AI engineers working with me to use the big data to detect, uh, you know, a better signal information uh, to make uh, better economic forecasts. I think this is the, the extra, you know, uh, resources and also tools I can now uh, utilize to complement my traditional, you know, economic research methods as uh, developed in, uh, you know, investment banks and in uh, international organizations. In the first three months of this year, uh, mm. many governments, including the U.S., has uh, have actually pumped in liquidity both at the market level as well as uh, into pockets of people. Uh, but you seem to suggest that uh, China might actually go through a little bit of a liquidity crisis 
um, initially at least. Uh, why? Because it, the money did not uh, reach the markets fast enough. Uh, it's not, um, you know, it, it's uh, not responding to certain requirements. But uh, what I'm saying is uh, not the liquidity crisis. Uh, you know, the U.S. is experiencing initially a liquidity crisis, you know, right? But the, the Fed uh, acted very quickly to actually staff off the liquidity crisis in America. So they actually already started unlimited QE to provide liquidity to all financial organizations or even companies to staff off the liquidity crisis. But in China, things are not that bad as we know, right? So, so there's no liquidity shock in China. What, what I'm saying is that actually because of these measures to contain the, the pandemic, a lot of small, medium-sized companies in China they are actually facing, you know, this uh, closure for almost uh, one or two months. So that their liquidity conditions are actually is worsening. Why? That's why they need uh, immediate government support, for example, as uh, the form of exemption of some, you know, fees or taxes to help them to overcome this uh, period of difficulties. But that would not be so much of a liquidity issue. It may be getting right into a credit issue. Yeah, yeah, of course not. So in China, actually, the first wave of shock is the, the supply shock because the companies cannot produce because of, you know, this, this pandemic. So a lot of companies being closed down. So that's actually is a, is a supply shock. And a lot of, uh, because China is the center of the global supply chain. Uh, so, so companies like in, you know, in Southeast Asian countries or even Japan, they cannot get components to make their production. So this is the first wave. It also affects the Chinese, uh, you know, the production. Of, of course, also also demand as well. But uh, the second wave is now is the shock of a global demand shock, right? Because when Chinese uh, economy recovers, yeah, closed down. But the outside world is now struggling with this pandemic. So a lot of closure in other part of the world, which means that they reduce the demand for Chinese export products. Because you are JD. Uh, China consumption will that resume? Uh, is that did it? Uh, you know, was there a hiccup in there at any point? Um, um, you know, now that the cities are being uh, you know released in terms of uh, daily life, um, do you see a resumption in consumption, or uh, do you think that there's going to be a tail end where uh, you know affordability is going to be the issue within China? Also, yes, the first two months of this year. Right. If you look at the macro data, Chinese retail sales nationwide by 20.5%. Right. Never happened. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a huge shock to demand. But uh, according to the official data as well, the, the internet sales, the e-commerce sales actually still growing by 3% nationwide. That actually is a very, very spectacular improvement given nationwide Retail sales has declined by 20%. Even, even during this pandemic period, the worst period, even in Wuhan, that the you know the the, the the city that has been affected the most in China, uh, the JD our company's sell uh, the delivery man is still delivering goods uh, after uh, within like uh, 24 hours after they receiving the order. So. Nationwide, there is no stoppage of our delivery service, you know, e-commerce service to millions, uh, hundreds of millions of households in China. 
But I actually, I, what I heard is that today in Europe, in America, right? So even other, you know, the, the, our global, uh, even bigger ones, uh, if they are making orders, sometimes they have to wait like uh, one week, right? Or even 10 days to get goods delivered. If they can order, make order in the morning, we can deliver in the same day. So it's at least effective by the pandemic. And this is, uh, you know, it shows that the digital uh, business development, also the internet commerce business has, uh, has made a very strong foundation, uh, you know, service, warehousing, uh, right? And also, you know, this kind of supply chain, uh, this uh, the, 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 the support. So actually, it just look like a stress test. Even during the worst period of time, uh, all the households still get uh, this uh, service delivered to their household. The question I want to ask you is about the consumption economy and how that's played out for JD. Uh, in fact, um, are you a net beneficiary uh, of the consumption economy going to digital? In fact, I have data here that suggests that you're up there in terms of sales growth uh, on, on digital platforms uh, along with Amazon. Also, along with a company called Suning Commerce, uh, you, you need to give us an idea of how, um, how JD is different from Suning Commerce. Um, and as we were talking before, um, in terms of uh, actual cons consumption growth in China, how is that playing out? Okay. Yeah, I think, you know, the model of JD is, a, is, is quite different from Suning or, or even uh, uh, Amazon. In the beginning, right? Uh, almost ten years ago, our like uh, our founder, uh, Mr. Richard Liu, decided to have an integrated delivery system for this uh, e-commerce company. It's a it's a really a big surprise to many of our investors. Everyone say, you know, you have to invest huge amount of money into delivery system. So like a JD model, we have our own delivery man door to door, you know, from warehouse. Uh, to their to their uh, the doorsteps. So this is a, is a unique, you know, creation. So even yeah. in other type companies like platform, they don't even own their warehouse. Even in China, we are very different from our competitors. We can not only ensure the qualities of goods because all the goods is owned by JD. But during the very difficult times, if you rely on forwarding networks, so you have to rely the uh, on other companies, their capability to. Uh, in about the time that Richard Liu started his business model of owning the whole supply chain, uh, there were different models being created. Your competitor, Amazon, probably started thinking like that, and then they thought that they weren't going to move fast enough and uh, delivery quality issues were going to be an issue, uh, and they were. Um, you know, and, and also it, it, it sort of absorbs a lot of capital uh, in order to, uh, to run the model that uh, JD did. And so they took the federation model. Um, so in every major city in China, uh, Alibaba works with local distributors, local warehouses, uh, uh, and so on. And that's a different business model from JD. Uh, and actually, Amazon probably started the way that uh, Alibaba did. But eventually, like today, Amazon also owns a lot of its uh, warehouses and so on. Uh, and in the case of JD, if I'm not mistaken, you also own uh, your inventory, uh, which uh, then adds a cost element to it. Uh, last year, 
um, with an $82 billion in revenue, $70 billion of that was operating costs. Um, you know, and, um, and you have an asset of about $36 billion. Um, but at the same time, I noticed that your return on asset is 4.5%. I mean, from a banking um, perspective, that's very good, actually. Yeah, but uh, very, very good. But uh, at the same time, from a logistics industry perspective, um, was yours an expensive model to pursue? Uh, it is bearing fruit today because that helps you to, um, you know, to fulfill orders very quickly and, and uh, provide a very strong supply uh, chain uh, capability. So uh, defend your model against the approaches taken by your competitors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, the, there are two, two different ways. Uh, they're actually models, right? So our model is we own the goods by ourselves. And uh, our competitors normally, it's a platform, so they don't own their goods. So they only have, the, it's a, like a sales platform for to match the sales and the buyers, right? If the buyers complain, you know, they come to us. But in a platform model, they sometimes they cannot go to the platform to say, you, you still need the, the, the figures. They, they have to find the buyers or the sellers, which is not owned by the, the platform. So we have our own development to deliver the goods. And then they initially, they, 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 don't, they didn't have this model, but later they also moved into that direction. The reason is, uh, it's of course more expensive. And it's, of course, it's the more uh, capital intensive because you have to build all the warehouses and you have to hire all the workers. You know, in China, JD is probably one of the only very few, or probably only, uh, only one that uh, paid uh, all the staff, you know, the women, all these uh, government regulated, uh, you know, the, uh, the pension funds, the insurance, unemployment benefits. So all these benefits paid by JD. But in other type of uh, models, they probably don't even hire those development as their regular stuff because it's a more expensive model, right? But actually we can better assure the quality of not only the, the quality of the goods, but also the quality of the service. And those development, they know the buyers very closely. They know, they know because they are responsible for the delivery of this area. So, so, so some of the, I actually visited some clients with our direct man, door to door. Actually, they are like friends, you know, our direct man. And they go to the household because they are well paid. And they, they actually make serving the clients their, you know, most important event. So, it's not, so I think expensive model, they have expensive, you know, they have a, as a good uh, result is a, the quality, you know, the, high, the the safety, you know, the JD, why it's so, especially during the pandemic, it's considered a very trusted company. Was there a time in that process of building that all that infrastructure and incurring all that asset cost? Uh, was there a time when you were not sure, uh, when you were neck to neck with the ones that took the Federation approach uh, and they seem to be just as profitable as you are, the cost of delivery uh, was about the same as you were, and also, of course, uh, the whole idea of delivery and the high level of automation today has reduced the cost of delivery a lot. But uh, that process was only in the last two years. So there was a time when you were labor intensive uh, and, you know, and you probably still are in certain aspects. So uh, in, in a running match uh, over a three to five year period, what were some of the things that you were worrying about? 
Yeah, actually, I, I joined JD for two years. So, but I heard a lot of stories of our founder, right? The vision actually beginning, a lot of oppositions, even from within, right? Even our investors, uh, our, our staff, they, they feel it's too expensive, right? Waste so much money and why our profit is so low. But uh, the problem is a bit that you stick to that, then actually you gain a lot of trust from our clients and also the, the quality of the delivery. And for example, this time, our competitors, for example, they sometimes they, because the network, every network is, uh, is uh, have some difficulties, then they cannot sell very well. But in JD, we don't have this problem. We, everything is, uh, is under one roof. So everything is under well control. And another thing very important is uh, only by this model, we can invest heavily on the warehousing technology, warehousing, delivery service. Now, actually, for example, in Wuhan, you know, the city, uh, we can actually deliver the medical supplies using drone, using, you know, these uh, unmanned vehicles. So, so we can experiment all this kind of uh, high technology to improve the efficiency of yeah. delivery. So, you know, in the logistics business, you have the issue of efficiency on the one hand, and the other you is that you have the issue of uh, let's call it uh, capacity um, and overcapacity, undercapacity at certain points, and 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 yet uh, both ways you actually have a carrying cost. Um, you know, I'm sitting here in Singapore. We've got a huge airport here, which is always 40% uh, undercapacity in order to make sure that uh, it can absorb a, a growth trajectory. And then you get a crisis like this. Uh, and, and that 40% becomes 60% or 70%. Um, how, do you, how do you think about the uh, management of uh, capacity, um, uh, you know, uh, ca capacity cost um, you know, at, at, at different points in the business? So today, I'm sure that your capacity is um, very high and, uh, and, uh, and, and it's being absorbed. And then there's a bad day when, uh, when your capacity is much lower. So th that would be, one of the things in a logistics business that that fluctuates a lot. True, true. So, so that's why we also started. You know, it's it's not that you know it's just one one model. So our model is you know it's a retail retailer model. So we own our goods, right? So of course there is a fluctuation. That that's why we also now started this uh, with the pop business. So we are also using this our you know the apps as also a platform. We can also facilitate not our own goods you know the suppliers and the buyers they can also match so we also like uh, around 10-20 percent of our business volume is due to this kind of uh, another type of model so that they can also use the, the buyers or sellers they can also use our warehouse so that's why we not only manage our own stuff our own goods we can also have this uh, capacity for the other part of, you know, the suppliers. Uh, explain to me a little bit about the fact that you have 700 financial institutions as your customer, uh, and uh, that you're also working increasingly with cities. Um, what is the ecosystem uh, being created uh, with cities uh, today, and, and smart cities as a concept? That's right. Yes, yes. You know, we, we have uh, over like uh, 400 million retail clients, right? We also have a, a, around 250,000, you know, suppliers, companies. 
By the way, 400 million retail clients is bigger than every country in the world except China and maybe India, but but bigger than Indonesia, bigger than that's bigger than most countries, bigger than the U.S. Uh, yes. And in okay, yeah. And uh, so 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 there's not only the, the the retail clients have the need to buy goods, they also have the need to you know manage their assets. They also have the need to to, to borrow money to to finance their con consumptions. So. Consumer financing, right? So that's why the D, JD digits, you know, enter this picture. So we are not only uh, providing you know goods, but we are also providing financial services to these retail clients, as well as uh, the companies, the, the, the two hundred fifty thousand suppliers. They also have the supply financing need. But then, after we are providing the service, we found that. So we are actually moving to a fintech business model, right? So we are not only providing this service by ourselves, we are actually helping the banks, the other, you know, the, the asset management companies, the, the security companies to better serve, serve our client. So we are actually providing actually this kind of uh, financial technology to banks. For example, the risk management, uh, you know, models. Then to help these banks to better serve the financial needs of our clients and our suppliers. So this is the JD digit into the picture of the FinTech vision. But later we found out this kind of know-how technology can also extend to you know, smart city business. How many cities are you working with at the moment uh, already, like in an integrated manner? Uh, I think dozens, dozens, dozens of cities. Yes, and uh, you know various kind of uh, the, the the cities have various needs. For example, some have this kind of medical right transportation. Some are this uh, you know the the consumer you know the the, the trust trust uh, trustworthy, and uh, some somehow they they have also the 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 former you know, the city. Uh, main shopping street. There's a lot of different needs. We are using big data, you know, AI to to help them to you to better manage providing services. In providing fintech-like services, uh, do you take the risks on to yourself, or is that taken on by your participating financial institutions? Uh, and is there a is there a temptation uh, to be a uh, you know, a finance company like GE was in the US in the 1990s and uh, early 2000s, which is to provide credit uh, on the supply chain. Uh, and actually a number of fintech companies and a number of supply chain companies are going into that business right now um, during the pandemic, which is uh, strengthening the supply chain and their supply chain relationships by providing direct credit uh, to their partner organizations. Are you doing that? No, we are not doing that. If we, we will do that, we will not change our name from JD Finance to JD Digits, right? <laughs> Which means JD Digits means we are going to knowledge first part of the job. So we are now more to help the banks. So we are not taking risks. The banks are taking risks. But what we can do, uh, our, our value added is to help the banks better management to actually to have provide better information and better, you know, this uh, risk management tools. And also, you know, because we know the, the uh, consumption behavior of so many clients, 
and uh, we have a better sense of their risk profile. And then the, the, the banks can actually use this, our, our input to reduce their risks. So that's why they are willing to cooperate with us to together to serve the clients. Would it have been different if you had, um, if you had a payments uh, wallet layer in your business? Oh, we have, we have, we have J, uh, JD payments. It's same as, you know, the WeChat Pay. Uh, we, we have this uh, payment. We have also e-commerce, uh, you know, the, the consumption finance. We also have uh, the FinTech, you know, that's helped the companies, uh, you know, actually, especially help them to do the payment, help them because some smaller banks, they don't have the technology capability to provide all the digital services. So that's how we enter this picture. We cooperate these banks and provide this knowledge so that they can serve our clients better. And they provide the, the So then we, we should technology uh, fees. Do you believe that uh, in the platform in industry and the platform warfare, uh, the winner takes it all. Uh, mm. When we think about uh, Google and Facebook as platforms in the U.S., uh, mm. they have actually created, uh, they've, they've actually, you know, uh, way past uh, all of their competitors and created a certain dominance in the marketplace where if you wanted uh, to use any platform, um, you know, you'd use the big ones and then by using them, you actually make them larger. And in Southeast Asia now, we see that um, certain platforms like um, in Singapore, there's uh, Grab. In Indonesia, there is uh, Gojek, and uh, and in India, you have Ola, and so on. Um, that uh, the platforms that develop a certain critical mass uh, actually pulls away from all of the other players. Uh, and but in the case of China, it's very interesting. You do have um, you know Alibaba, and you've got um, uh, Tencent, uh, WeChat for communications platform, but uh, JD is more of a retail platform uh, and you seem to have pulled away from the rest. So this idea of uh, the winner takes it all in the platform warfare, are you, do you believe in that? Yeah, you know, I observed also in America, normally you have this kind of winner takes all, you know, you have a, almost like a monopoly, right? You know, in China, every sector I look at it, there's no one dominant players. There are always two to three players. They are competing fiercely, you know? And also there's the newcomers as well, right? Why this kind of competitive landscape in China is so much, you know, uh, competitive. The competition is so much fierce. And also what's the mechanism that allow the newcomers are coming every, all the times, right? You know, so why in Africa you have very stable uh, situation There's a winner dominant players in each subsectors of the internet world. But in China, there are always two to three players. But these new players who are coming on stream, um, are, they, um, are they providing variations? Maybe because in China, you have critical mass, uh, even when you're a new player, and therefore the platform winner takes it all model, um, you know, has space for, um, you know, smaller players who can sort of take niches. Um, do, you, do you see niche being created, maybe, you know, high net worth niche, uh, um, you know, uh, niche for mass market, something like that. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, that's of course one spec, the Chinese market is huge. There's a lot, you know, possibility, but also you, we can see, for example, there's a model that they actually changed, the, they, they actually introduced new models, right? 
before people use you know for example you know like a we we uh see see like a we we born right it's a, it's a social you know this uh media communicate then the, uh, the wechat campaign then also this uh you know this uh art this uh i don't know it's the art the, the, the another new company they are they are using this ai based information feeding system it immediately become a bigger players so it's not only the niche market actually they become bigger the new data commerce become bigger this happening all the time but since you have capacity um are you the kind of organization that will absorb these new players uh provide them a niche and uh, and then you know retain your platform model as it were. I mean, is there an uh, opportunity for that kind of model to evolve, uh, especially after the crisis? That's right, that's right. For example, our digits, we actually already also have a quite unique model, right? So we are now providing not, not just financial, maybe not financial service, but the technology service to all the financial institutions. So we are developing not only the banking technology, but also the, the, the security technology you know, for the asset management technology, right? So this can expand to different areas. And uh, so this model actually is for the, you know, to digitalize all the industry our, our now. So like, uh, actually in China today, like in order to recover from this uh, pandemic, Chinese government actually raised the talk issue about new infrastructure. So, but what is the new, infrastructure investment. So in my view, it's a digital world. So make the economy more digitalized. So make this uh, everything online, you know, this uh, IoT stuff, this AI, big data. Actually, this will have uh, more opportunity to grow our pandemic, actually become a new engine of growth. You know, the government is very keen to actually support to develop this, you know, the internet related uh, uh, of the different um, JD uh, businesses, right? Um, is there cross subsidies taking place? Because we noticed that on the logistics front, especially during the crisis, um, you you are you actually struggling to keep your costs down. What about the cross subsidies within the JD group? Uh, is logistics a huge cost carrying, um, you know, uh, component of the business? And then you have the other parts of the business that benefits from, uh, you know, generating the, the, the profit element uh, in the model? Uh, not any, not, not now, not, not in the beginning, it's a one company, right? So, but now JD Digit has incorporated with, as an independent company. And uh, now, actually, I think two years ago that JD uh, Delivery has also been incorporated as a company, as an independent company. So the main com the part is the JD e-commerce, right? So this are existed in, in, in New York. So, so all these companies have been now incorporated as independent entities. So even though as a group, but uh, it's support each business, but uh, these are all quite independent financially. So everything is very clear, you know, whether you are losing money or you are you are making profits. So there is no such thing as a cross subsidy Are there any initiatives on the group structure front that uh, that you're doing at the group level uh, that will sort of rationalize the uh, the whole business model, uh, or 
you know, because you are preparing to list JD Logistics as a separate arm, so it will have its own issues uh, as a logistics company, which is very totally different from the, the credit aspect, the, um, the supply chain aspect and so on. So, um, you know, uh, what, is the, what is the working model that unifies the model? Uh, you know, um, if there's no cross-subsidy, then what is the unifying model that holds the whole business together? The quality of the delivery and the network, the, the coverage is very, very important for the e-commerce business, right? And uh, so, so it, it have to be, of course, from a group level, it have to, everyone have to perform its role. If, you know, e-commerce is the is is main part, it's a, but without the better differentiated delivery service, the whole is the experience of the consumers will be very different. So that's why how it has been affected. Uh, for example, our digit digits, our how we can actually fulfill this uh, financing need, right? So which kind of partner we choose, our payment, the, the experience of payment network is, but, it, but this also affected JD uh, e-commerce uh, clients experience. So, but uh, each one have to have their very independent uh, business model, you know, if okay. they are this, will be also verified by the market. So now as JD Digits, the chief economist of um, JD, um, what are the indicators that you've set for yourself that you're looking at uh, in order to see uh, how the industry is uh, shifting in your favor? Um, you know, so what are you working on? What milestones are you giving yourself that you, that you can take uh, as in yeah, things are either getting back to normal or changing for better or creating new opportunities for you? Yeah, of course. So, uh, what first thing we are looking for is whether we are will return to the normal time, right? So, so we we are actually see where move on this uh, no special time to the normal time. You know, where the economy will return to normal. But secondly, we are looking at more opportunities uh, due to the government's new investment infrastructure plan that to uh, fight the pandemic. For example, the five G network deployment. So we can utilize this business to actually facilitate the distant diagnosis. It is uh, our, our health business, right? Not only to sell the, the, the medic medicines, but also to, you know, have an online doctor, you know, that the, the, the service and the, this uh, diagnosis, even in, in distant operation, you know, this kind of new lab business will emerge, I think will become more and more prominent. Also regarding logistic business and uh, the, the pandemic shows that there's a huge demand for uh, fresh foods, but uh, there's a logistic network infrastructure of, you know, is uh, to store, to transport fresh foods uh, is, a, is, a, is like, so, so actually there's need for investment in this area. So, so there's an opportunity for this new business lines or new business activities that they are waiting and uh, we always want to, you know, uh, uh, go ahead of the path. You're looking for the sales growth to go back to what it was last year, 20 to 30 percent. Uh, new areas because of new technology, health, uh, cities, uh, smart cities, and so on, and uh, and improvements on your core logistics capability because the demand for things like fresh food um, and uh, the demand of customers are going to just increase as a result of this crisis. I think you've given us a lot to think about and you've put it, put it in perspective 
uh, how your business is evolving uh, and uh, the whole logistics industry uh, is uh, responding uh, to the challenges that have been with us uh, in the last few months. Thank you very much, Shin. It was an exciting yeah, conversation. Thank you for listening to Radio Finance. For more content, visit the Asian Banker website and follow us on social media.